Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I'm one of the pastors at the Church at Greer Station and your host. The Weekly is a 20-minute podcast devoted to books, current events, and issues relevant to the life of our church. Christmas songs are some of the best. Not only because of the nostalgic attachment we have to them, not only because they're featured in some of our favorite Christmas movies, Christmas songs, Christmas hymns to be more specific, are jam-packed with gold. This evening, Jim and I take a couple of minutes to talk through some of our favorite Christmas hymns, how they're jam-packed with gold, what sort of nuggets are present there. Uh, We hope it's encouraging to you, and we hope it reframes how you think about the Christmas songs that we sing. James Slice, you have returned. I'm back. Welcome back. It's always a joy to have you on the podcast. It's always a joy to be here. All right, surprise question for you. Go. If you could only sing one song, like if, if we got to, if we got into heaven, we, we, the new heavens and the new earth arrived and you found out there was only one song on the playlist, only one hymn that God's people could sing, what would that be? Oh my goodness. Um, ooh, that that's a super tough one. Um, the thing that's coming, like... And I'm trying to think, okay, which one best encompasses all of the other ones? Um, I'm going to say In Christ Alone. I don't know. Man, I don't know. It's a know bold move, Cotton. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the best one for In Heaven. Cause, you yeah. Know, think about like hope fulfilled, like rather than, you know, in, in Christ Alone, my hope is found. It's it's sort of a, like a, a point of realization, um, and but I just didn't have time to think through yeah uh you know all the hymns to see which one would best fit uh that um you know that state of glorification so yeah. um and christ alone um seems to be one of the big ones um and you know the first one that comes to mind i guess on jordan stormy banks it's a good one uh what, but i guess that's the opposite of heaven um it's kind of still looking in yeah it's still yeah looking across the it could be on Jordan Stormy Banks, We Stood. <laughs> okay. Everything in the past tense. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, if I had to pick a favorite, it would be on Jordan, Jordan Stormy Banks. Yeah, that's good. I, I think I would go with Crown Him with Many Crowns. Ooh. That's, that's the, perfect. That's a banger. Dang it. As the kids that, say. That's, a, <laughs> that's perfect uh, for the new heavens and the new earth. Yeah. I, I cheated because I knew the question I was going to ask, and so I had time to think ah, about it. So. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I've heard heard a version of that song that I just didn't love. I mean, mm-hmm. even even like one. hokey early two thousands praise and worship versions mm-hmm. are just so good, so good. The words are incredibly rich. the the mu- the uh, the music fits it thematically. Right. You know, uh, super good. So um, today uh, we are talking about Christmas music, specifically mm, Christmas, Christmas hymns. Um, talking about how Christmas hymns are the Christianiest songs that you could possibly sing. Just the some of the richest, fullest, most um, just delightful songs to sing. Right, and and even you know, um, I think one place that you know the world outside of the church um, is still willing to uh, proclaim the gospel. Oh um, man, still willing to uh, sing the praises of Christ Jesus and. Um, sing about the hope that we have in him. So yeah, we uh, I mentioned on the last podcast we were in the we were doing the Polar Express thing, and they have like a sheet of carols that you can choose to sing from, mm-hmm. and one of those is Silent Night, and we sang Silent Night, and we're talking about Jesus 
being lord at his birth. That's right. Awesome. It's so good. Yeah. Um, or we watched the uh, the the Grinch, the recent animated Grinch movie, mm-hmm. which was just awful. But <laughs> at one point, uh, the Grinch is being chased by carolers singing every word to God bless you, Mary gentlemen. Wow. You know what it talks about? Like Jesus rescuing us from Satan's power sure, by his blood. Sure. It's, so good. Yeah, very surprising. Um, I can think of uh, places in Harry Potter, Potter movies where they, they I, may, I think they sing God rest you very gentlemen. And, um, and me thinking like, man, I guess I'm surprised that the censors allowed that. Like I, I would yeah. almost think that they would come in and say like, no, no, you can't sing that. Mm, but, well, it's Harry Potter's witchcraft, so. It is that, but. I don't, I don't even know where I was, what joke I was making with that. Yeah. And by the way, did you know that in God rest you merry gentlemen, that Mary modifies rest and not gentlemen? God rest ye Mary. Okay. Really? Well, interesting. So it's... it's So God, Mary rest. Mary... Yes. M- okay, mirthful rest or... Yeah. It's, um, may God give you Mary rest, comma, gentlemen. Wow. I did not know that. I, I saw a tweet that said that, so... Assuming, assuming the tweet, the tweeter is. Did you know that in Jingle Bells, um, that the horse it has a name? Um, his name is Bob because um, bells, bells on, on Bob's, Bob's tail rings. Um, I thank you for listening to the weekly. That's all for this week. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a joke. I heard that as a bit of tri- trivia. Is uh, that really it? Um, uh, I I don't know. I I dispute. I thought a bobtail was just like a ponytail or something like that, but. Um, we'll never know. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to talk about just some of the some of our favorite Christmas slash Advent songs. Uh, just maybe explore some of the richness that maybe we don't recognize because we're we, we're so used to hearing it. You know, we we have the mm-hmm. we have our Christmas playlist that we we listen to at work or in the car, and you got the Bing Crosby version of this song, and you got the Mariah Carey version of this song, and then you got the I don't know. Salt and Peppa version of the right, song, right. You know, whoever it might be, and uh, you're just so used to hearing it that you you forget the the brilliance and the artistry of the lyrics and the profound gospel truth mm-hmm. that we sing. Um, so the the three that we wanted to hit on, we'll, we'll see how much time allows for this. Is wanted to talk through "Oh Come All You Faithful," which is I think should be sung year round. "Hark the Herald Angels Sing," which should probably Very also rich. be sung year round, mm-hmm. and "O Come O Come Emmanuel." <laughs> Which I think should be sung year round. Yeah. So. Well, and it was kind of hard to choose songs because so many of these are so good. Yeah, uh, so rich. Um, have really, really thick lyrics that um, teach and instruct and encourage. Um, and yeah, if, if you allow them, if you pay attention, um, then they can have that profound effect. And yeah, just make for a really special listening um, experience. Yeah, well, you know one other that I didn't mention um, that I love is "Angels We Have Heard on High," mm-hmm. and I have lots of you know we we talked about nostalgia last week, but lots of nostalgic attachment to that song. We sang it every year, mm. and for years I thought it was in eggshells Deo. <laughs> in eggshells <laughs> egg Deo. Yeah. Uh, All right. The, the <laughs> Good night, folks. It's been the weekly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but sort of realizing that you know how, how rich those uh-huh. lyrics are as I become an adult. Um, so I'll call you. Learn Latin. And, and learn flat. Yeah, I don't actually know what that means. I don't either. Deo uh, would ex- be God. Excelsior, like, it means kind of higher. So, um, in highest God, I guess, something along those lines. But I am entirely guessing, so. Yeah, so, all right. Oh, come on, you faithful. This is this is a simpler one. 
um, in terms of you know it doesn't it's not as wordy as say Hark the Herald Angels Sing or O Come mm-hmm. O Come Emmanuel. It's a little bit more repetitive. Um, but one of the things that I love about this, and you pointed it out, is how well joyful and triumphant this particular song is. Right, right. Um, I love that it celebrates that Jesus is the King of Angels. It celebrates that He is the one that we are to sing to in exaltation. Um, he is the one that deserves all adoration. The song says over and over, Oh, come, let us adore Him. Right. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Mm-hmm. And I love the um, the horizontal element to this song. Like, this is a, this is a, uh, you, you know, a song kind of sung by the church to the church. Mm-hmm. Like, let us go adore Christ together. Right. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm just kind of, like, the Psalms of Ascent. Um, yeah. Yeah, like where... Where they're sort of preparatory, um, and uh, and yeah, I think those are kind of sung to one another um, as people go to worship um, at the at the temple. Um, it reminds me of that mm. that um, it's preparing people for worship. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling up the full lyrics here. Yeah, yeah, I was looking at the lyrics too. Careful theology, God of God, light of light, lo, he, ab- he abhors not the virgin's womb, very God begotten, not created. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. um, so they're they're really taking their time and, and making sure that uh, they're being uh, um, just very, very careful um, to speak truth about the Lord Jesus Christ and about what His coming entailed and. Um, this using is, it as an opportunity to, to teach as, as well as to exhort. Yeah, I mean, this is this is language almost explicitly from Nicaea, mm-hmm. where, it, where it says that, that, you know, Jesus, the Son, is not, um, he's not a JV God. It's not that you had God the Father and then he created God the Son at some point. You know, it's Jesus is God of God. He's right. light of light. Uh, very God, begotten, not created. And you get Jesus the Son being eternally begotten of the Father. And he abhors not the virgin's womb. In other, in other words, he's not... He doesn't find it too detestable to take on flesh to be mm-hmm. one of a virgin. Yeah, r- remarkable, um, dense theology in those three lines, kind of tucked away in the second verse of this very common Christmas hymn. Um, what about Hark the Herald Angels Sing? What about Hark the Herald Angels Sing? What does Hark um, mean? Another good one. Let me switch over to those lyrics. Um, hark, listen. Um, listen closely. I remember an episode of The Tick. Do you remember The Tick, that cartoon? I do. Um, where one character said that he always thought it was Hark, Harold, the angel sings. <laughs> Harold, you know the name. Uh-huh. So I always think about that. Um, one of the things I love about this song is, again, you pointed this out, that it's, it's triumphant. There's a sort of, um, you know, kind of joining in with the angels. Right, you know, right. You know, attune your ear to what the angels are saying about who this is that's been born in Bethlehem mm-hmm. and sing with them. Um, again, you have very careful theology. The second verse: Christ by highest to heaven the door by heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come. Sort of reminds of Galatians four four. You know, in the fullness of time, right. the Lord saw fit to send a son, offspring of the favored one. Um, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Uh, Pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Really good. Um, yeah, and I, I do like the the triumphal note of both of the songs um and that's appropriate and i, I think the um, we talk about the already and the not yet um, of how 
God's incoming kingdom, um, you know, has, you know, has landed, um, has yet to be fully realized, but, um, but just even the inauguration, um, is a triumph, mm. uh, is a real victory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, songs that have that triumphant note to them, um, are, are a good reflection upon that, like a, a good way of, of saying like, yes, the, the victory is won, the victory is begun and, um, we have more to wait for, um, but let's go ahead and start rejoicing and celebrating now. Mm. And I just noticed I, I was as I was reading this, I was like, that doesn't sound right. But this particular version that I'm reading off of uh, Google, it says, "Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb." Is the the I think traditional rendering of lyrics, but this says, "Offspring of the favored one," which is interesting. I mean, because Mary in the Magnificat refers to herself as right. Uh, or, or I suppose Gabriel says, you know, you, you are favored of God. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the reason for the change is, if there's maybe some, if that's a result of doubt in the virgin birth. Um, it's interesting. But um, one of the, the other bits of, of lines that I really like is uh, in, in the last verse, at least in the what we typically sing is the last verse. It says that Jesus was born that man may no more, uh, excuse me, born that man no more may die. Yeah. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Mm. So it's a, you kind of have a progression of like the, it's like Christ is born, uh, adore him, you know, join in the angels singing about who this is. In the first, the second verse you have um, his glory on display and what he's done in the incarnation. And then you have, uh, celebrate the benefits that are being offered to right. us by virtue of Christ right. taking on flesh. Kind of a gospel presentation. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, the last one we want to discuss just real briefly is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Yeah, this one, um, you know, it's not one that I, I think I always noticed from my childhood, um, but one that, you know, I, I guess at some point in my adult life, uh, just kind of stuck with me and, um, you know, in some ways kind of haunted me. Uh, we were talking about how the, the other two songs have um, a very triumphant note to them. And this one, in a lot of ways, is um, almost opposite. Um, uh, and, you know, I'll clarify that. Um, opposite and you know, in that it's it's got more of a mournful tone to it. Um, you know, it's uh, telling a story and kind of describing a, a state where, um, the people singing it are are waiting for their coming king, um, and um, until the king arrives, um, they continue to to mourn, to you know, long for uh, deliverance. And so, um, you have a song. I mean, talking about um, exile um, mm. and just like the the significance of exile uh, to um, the people of Israel um, and to the church, um, recognizing that. Um, you know, to be separated from God is a, uh, a mournful state. Um, and so, um, and then like offering the hope and, and sort of the counterpoint of joy that um, in the midst of that mourning, um, Christ comes in, um, mm. Christ comes in and um, we can rejoice that Emmanuel um, has come to Israel. Yeah. Well, and it, it's kind of perfectly, you know, in Advent, one of the, one of the ideas there is we're sort of positioning ourselves like the nation of Israel, awaiting mm-hmm. Christ's first coming. Right. And we're sort of kind of picking up and, and repatterning, repatterning, patterning. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Ourselves after the nation of Israel, 
and sort of picking up that waiting mm -hmm. for Christ's second coming. And so, like, there's a, there's sort of a, I, I don't know, it, it kind of brilliantly fits that gap. It's like kind of positioning ourselves like the nation of Israel in exile, awaiting the Son of God's appearance. And then there's this refrain that's assurance, you know, rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. And it's mm -hmm. like, in some ways, we're singing to the people of Israel, you know, your Messiah will come to you. And we know that because we've seen that he will come. And at the same time, we're like reassuring ourselves of his second coming. Mm -hmm. I think just kind of brilliantly captures the longings of of Israel for their Messiah and um, ties it, you know, to, to our own awaiting Christ's return. Right. Um, yeah, kind of interesting note. Uh, um, the last two songs, you know, we talked about their theological rich, richness. Um, this one also has um, a lot of deep theology in it, though I, I think rather than um, sort of Nicene Creed, it, it touches on a lot of Old Testament um, types, Old Testament um, stories, and, and kind of puts us in that position. Um, so it talks about um, exiles, I mentioned already. Um, talks about uh, thy tribes on Sinai's height. Um, in ancient times didst give the law in cloud and majesty and awe. Um, refers to the rod of Jesse, mm -hmm. um, who will free his own from Satan's tyranny. Um, Jesse obviously being uh, David's father. Um, and so this referring to, to Christ's lineage um, um, as the son of David. Come thou key of David, thou key of David, uh, come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery, which I guess is kind of a slant rhyme. High and misery. Miserai. Miserai. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself saying that? I, I, <laughs> I, yeah. I, close the path to misery. I'm always kind of conflicted um, as to which way to go on that. So. Yeah, that's good. You know, I um, I think I think Jim, it might have been your influence that I first heard this song. I have this really distinct memory of us. I think it was maybe playing in the background of my car on the radio. Oh, we, really? We were riding in Simpsonville. And okay. You made the comment how much you love this song and how much it perfectly kind of captured longing for Christ's return. Right. Right. Um, I I think I might have been in kind of an emo phase of my <laughs> um, my faith. Um, and, and this is definitely the most emo of all the Christmas hymns. So, um, you know, I, I say that lightheartedly, but yeah, um, don't let don't let um, that make you think that um, I don't still cherish it and treasure it. Um, yeah, well, there's a certain there's a certain kind of um, appropriate melancholy for this topic, right? You know, sort of a, a Psalm 13, "How long, O Lord?" Mm -hmm. That's lament. That's longing. That's mm. uh, mournful. Yeah, mournful exile. You know, we we dwell in a, a mournful exile. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the consummation that that he brings. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, you know, another thing we talked about is how the artistry of the song. Uh, you know, one of the things that makes a good song is a song whose music fits the lyrics. Mm -hmm. You know, and if it's a joyful, triumphant song, the the it's musically joyful and triumphant. And, right, right, and, and vice versa. But. Yeah, and yeah, I remember um, a Bible teacher you know, talking about that and talking about, you know, some modern praise song where um, the lyrics were all drawn from a psalm of lament, um, but it was extremely upbeat and mm. up tempo. I guess those are different ways of saying kind of the same thing. Yeah. 
um, and and just didn't fit. Yeah, um, there was there was a disconnect between the two. Yeah, um, and like, it showed kind of a, a lack of understanding. Right of the meaning of the text. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's another reason why I love Oh Holy Night. We we also talked about that a moment mm-hmm. ago. Oh Holy Night has uh, it somehow manages to kind of hit the the joyful note and the and the kind of melancholic note at the same time. Right. It seems able to do both. And in some ways, like that's sort of the tension of, of God's holiness is mm-hmm. that it's both, you know, beautiful and life giving and joyous, but also dreadful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the incarnation is both it, what's a holy night. You know, it's Christ's birth is a, is a moment of uh, joy and I suppose melancholy. Right. Um, um, I think one of my favorites is um, Silent Night. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe uh, because I, I think that it. Um, I think there's association between that and um, the Christmas truce in World War One. Have you ever heard that story? Yeah. Um, okay. And I, I want to say it was German soldiers singing Silent Night um, that British or French soldiers heard. And they started singing from their trenches. Um, and it was, you know, just really one of the kind of a mir- miraculous, um, spontaneous peace that hmm. broke out for, uh, mm. you know, I think a day or two. And mm. so Silent Night kind of being bound up in that story um, has always made that one of my favorites. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, people give grief, um, give Silent Night grief because of the, you know, they, they talk about it's, you know, it wasn't a Silent Night. It talks mm. about the historical inaccuracies of, you know, like the ox and donkey making an appearance. I believe it's in, or maybe that's in What Child Is This? Um, and, you know, you, there at this time of year, there's always somebody who's got like a hit piece on the nativity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where they, they're saying like the nativity is not biblical because right, we, we don't right. know. And, you know, that they're the that, worst. Yeah. <laughs> and well, you know, maybe there's a maybe that's a podcast one day we could talk about how, you know, one of the goals of art is not to depict it historically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not to depict it uh, uh, in a. Uh, you know exactly as it took place in the same way that a biographer, or like a journalist, or mm-hmm. you know, documentary would would depict it, but but rather to sort of show what's happening underneath the surface. And you know, the frequently the reason you see an ox and donkey present in uh, uh, nativity scenes is a reference to an Isaiah passage where it says that the ox and donkey recognize me, but you don't. And mm-hmm. So there's sort of a tie into Isaiah there. Anyway, another podcast for another time. Excellent. Cool. Jim, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Trevor. Uh, Listener, Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. Hope you're encouraged by this, and I hope it encourages you to think more deeply about some of these songs that we sing and hear during this time of year. We will be dark for a couple of weeks, but we will be coming back at you hot, live, ready to make it happen. 2020. 2020. Cool. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.